Hey, Scallywags. Thanks for listening, as always. I wanted to jump in and apologize for the audio quality, as it's not up to our usual standards. New and malfunctioning equipment, plus our eagerness to release the latest episode. It's all to blame, actually. But we will be back to normal next time. We're keeping our cutlasses crossed. But what better way to have a crazy week than to come back with audio problems? Ah, it's just a topper on the cake. So... Thanks again, and bear with us, and we'll be back to normal next time. Arr! Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men older than man's chest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for this Elizabeth and Norrington Reunion Minute. It's minute 93 of Dead Man's Chest. It's been a crazy week. We talked about it the last episode. But during that time between NorCal Pirate Festival and the 4th of July episode, I may have forgotten also to give Adam a shout out for sharing some pics on our Facebook group. Oh, yeah. The Cursed Listeners crew. He and his wife were dressed as pirates, as they should be. What festival was that? Well, that's the Pirate Invasion. I believe so, but I don't recall at the moment. And for a pirate Invasion of Southern California, right? So you Something had to get detailed where we don't remember. That's why I just left it at Pirate Invasion. It wasn't Pirate it was pirate invasion. <laughs> why are you hammer time over there? And why are you bringing things up that we don't have the answers to just yet? <laughs> but one thing that caught my eye was this wooden rose that was nestled in his hat. Gives it a nice little sweet touch. Not that pirates are supposed to be sweet, but a sweet as in a different term. Because it lures you into this, like, a pirate is good-natured, all is well. But then the next photo or so, he's brandishing a sword. It's like, well, let's look from a distance, maybe. Seriously, though. Thanks for sharing, Adam. There's also something else. We were all set. We came back. We were supposed to have an episode on Friday. We were all ready and set to do that. And then what happens? Equipment malfunctions. Just stop working. (laughs) It's like, what the hell is going on here? Honestly. But thanks to Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually incredible that we go to record. We said that we were going to be late. It would be posted on Friday. We were all set to do that. Things were happening. It was rolling. Promises were going to be, what, made? Or promises were made. They were being delivered upon. Promises were being delivered upon. But then our mixer just stopped working. And that's the thing that funnels all of our sound equipment through it. Our microphones. Because, yeah, our microphones have like a dual XLR, USB. This is getting in the weeds, though. And so we... But the USB interface doesn't work with our computer, so the XLR is our backup. Well, our mainstay, that's actually what we use. But that now wasn't able to work. So we were completely without recording elements. But 
I put it off and then on Saturday I ordered and it's supposed to be two days and then yet behold it shows up in one day. Thanks Amazon Prime. This episode brought to you by Amazon Prime. Now we can deliver an episode and then we're trying some fancy new stuff. It's like recording on the fly if you will. Because we're now experimenting with putting all of our elements into one to limit post-production, like streamlining things. So we'll see how it goes. So it's kind of like a live take. And even though I listen to like the music and the intro and I plug it in, then I actually had a cue this time, though. It's like, oh, that's the cue that I need to jump in. (laughs) Which he missed. I missed the first time. Yeah, I did miss it the first time because I was thinking, oh, that's no big deal. I can just adjust it. No. Because it's being like a live recording kind of thing, I did miss that cue. So we'll see what happens. It's all an experiment with this one. The new mixer, some new variables with how we're recording. So we'll see how the sound actually comes out. So hopefully it's not garbage and then I can adjust as necessary. And we still need to get our studio back in order. That we do. Still a giant box of messes. By the way, it's a Long Beach Pirate Invasion. There you go. Long Beach Pirate Invasion. Say that quickly in your drunken state. I can't today. Thank you. But there's one thing we do need to do, and that's start this bloody breakdown and get on with the wet blanket Norrington. In the previous minute, Elizabeth Swan pulls back the curtain and gives us an insider's look into the Swan Turner boudoir. A little kiss and tell between the saucy swan and sweating bullets, all backed up. Get this guy a futuristic glass of ice water. Captain Jack Sparrow, when she informs him that indeed Will taught her how to handle a sword. And Jack Levy's the only appropriate response? Persuade me. Hey, nothing says you're a ladies' man when you openly proposition the aristocratic governor's daughter. That's a bold pickup line, Jack. You got that right. Very bold. This is where we want to go. Fellas, pirates, you have your marching orders for the next weekend while perusing the taverns. Why not give the ladies a taste of your Captain Jack Sparrow, your best Jack Sparrow? Ask them if they know how to handle a sword and then tell them to persuade you. (laughs) Let us know how it goes. (laughs) I'm I'm like your virtual wingman here. We ought to see how that works out for you. Yeah, and I would encourage the ladies to tell the fellas out there, you know how to handle a sword, but men are scallywags. There's no real challenge there. Need I say more? Minute 93 begins with Elizabeth self-reflecting by the side of the Black Pearl as Norrington approaches for conversation. It's a curious thing. There was a time I would have given anything for you to look like that while thinking about me. The minute ends with Elizabeth looking at Jack's compass, sees the heading, closes the cover, and gets a bit upset. We cut to a ship in a voiceover of a yet-to-be-identified character. Strange things to come upon a longboat so far out in open water. Will Turner is wrapped in a blanket drinking from a... Like a muggish thing there. A muggish thing. Yeah, kind of like a mug. (laughs) A pint glass. uh, Some kind of device. (laughs) Will responds, just put as many leagues behind us as you can. He doesn't want to see Davy Jones again. Exactly. He doesn't. I don't blame him. (laughs) But that's not where we're going to start, though. We can't start with the Davy Jones thing. Of course we can't. And mind you... This is live, and so I'm trying to do the sounds, you know, put stuff in. <laughs> Which is I'm quite not used interesting to that. on my part. <laughs> yeah, you're watching this with rolling eyes going, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> so it's going to take a bit. I'm going to see if I can get a handle on that. And then I'm, I'm like now trying. I go, oh, I can't mess up now because I can't edit it out. If I got music, the music will be disjointed, the background sounds. So, yeah, that's a whole new process. Good job. But there's something I really love about this minute. Okay, a few things. 
But the big one for me is the opener with Elizabeth reflecting on her pirate prowess, her kind of this interaction with Jack, Mm, while she half-heartedly stares at the open water from the rail. Yeah, what's up with that smirk? Is it because she knows she got Jack? Or she knows he is interested in her? I think it's freaking awesome. And yeah, I have some ideas about this <laughs> whole thing. Because I got some ideas. It was just awesome. I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. <laughs> if I just said it, then it'd be done. What fun is that? But her, okay, let me okay. say this and lead into what you were going to. Okay. The question. There. Okay. Because well, her acting, like in this whole scene here, completely does this transference of feelings. And I get it. I, I really do feel it. I'm with her. In this whole minute? Well, for the most part. Okay. Because she's damn proud of herself. She come... I'd be proud of myself, too. (laughs) (laughs) If you did that? Well, she's come a long way since we first saw her as a suppressed governor's daughter. Yeah. Stifled by society and aristocracy, you know, back on Port Royal. In the first film, in case you weren't following us in your drunkard state. But that was corset Elizabeth. Struggling to be set free. Now she's released. That's right. She's like a butterfly out of her cocoon. Okay, see, this is what happens. When you start drinking, you start throwing out these weird metaphors that it's almost psychedelic. Wow. But the ruler would have cracked her knuckles if she ever thought to use her wiles, her womanly ways, to persuade and manipulate a man, a pirate. Right. But all that's history. The corset is no longer holding her back, and she flirts and uses her attributes to get Jack Hot and bothered, let's say. You might as well. You got them. You might as well use them. Getting her needs met, but not those kind of needs. What she needs from Jack for Will kind okay. of thing. And like I said, she's so damn proud of herself. That's the look she has. I've had it before. It's that smile, that feeling of like invincibility or more like the feeling of accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Because she nailed it, it. You've had it? I don't think so. <laughs> Surely you just. Surely you just. <laughs> And that's why it rings so true for me. For you, you're going, oh, I wish I could have one of those days. Really? Yeah. Is that the way you're doing it? I'm a, I'm a little scared now. Yeah, you should be. But anyways, it's great acting on her part. Just to have that smile that rings true to me, that's what I like about it. And I hope I'm not the only one who noticed this moment, this moment with Elizabeth. Because it's excellent camera work as well with her. The tight shot pulls back to reveal the footsteps as Norrington approaches. Breaking up her contemplation. He like ruins her day. He does ruin her day. That's why I call them wet blanket Norrington. Because <laughs> there's also this bit of music. This like quick note that pops in amongst the ship and the sea noises here. It's like the cherry on top for her. It's like a there you have it kind of music in cap when she's smiling. But then yeah. Sad Norrington. Like uh, sad wet blanket Norrington. He oh. extinguishes the scene. Well, he couldn't have the girl, so he doesn't want anybody else to be able to have That's her That's exactly right. Because he ruins it. He ruins it for Elizabeth. But it works for the scene, too. Yeah. Because it just shows how bitter he is about the whole thing while trying to play it off. Maybe if he would have paid attention when she fell off the cliff, then things would be different. That's my whole thing. He didn't see... He was unable in season one, is my hypothesis, he was unable to... to determine or to identify a woman in danger exactly he couldn't see her needs exactly he didn't want to though no he just thought he was the man he could get whatever he wants at that point in time another thing that rings true to me (laughs) 
But he's playing it cool, though. It was before. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's in the past. And that's the important part. The subtlety of this moment and, like, the dichotomy between Elizabeth and Norrington. She's looking to the future here while Norrington is examining the past. When he drops the, I would have given anything for you to look at me like that, he gets a smirk like she had. Yet, he's remembering the glory days. You know, when he glory was the days. man. Springsteen kind of But never there. the man in her eyes. Exactly. He was an upstanding pirate hunter, a commodore, commanding the HMS Dauntless. gentleman. Fastest ship in the fleet under his command, the Interceptor. But what I'm ignoring to your that? stuff there. Huh? What happened to that yeah, Interceptor? Did. Kind of got destroyed there. <laughs> but he almost got like a high society governor's daughter bride too. Then she, like you said, plunges off a cliff. Jack Sparrow rips off her clothes. Yada, yada, yada. She Turns tells him pirate. she knows how to handle a sword. <laughs> Sums it up fairly well. And I pride myself in accuracy of storytelling there. But seriously, this is a moment of reflection for both of them. Like I said, it's, a, it's like a future and a past thing happening here. Then, like any wounded, turned down, jilted Commodore dude. Commodore he, dude? Commodore dude. He goes for the jugular and puts the needle in her brain about wondering how Will was press ganged on the Dutchman with Jones. Yeah. She's so proud of herself to getting to Jack. And then all of a sudden, he goes, Well, why is he, why is your lover, basically, your. The man you love on the Flying Dutchman. Exactly. But he does it differently, though, because I think he's saying it like he knows why he's on there and how he got on there. Yeah. Not well, because of ask yourself that question. But yeah, because I have a couple of things on this note. Okay. Not that you should be surprised. Thanks for the canned response, by the way. <laughs> it That's wasn't my new soundboard. It's my new soundboard. It yeah. was just there. I just pushed the button and it says, <laughs> good job. But my thoughts, it's like my, maybe a crazy theory. Okay, and it's not really a theory, or crazy. But the potential is always there, so you got to be on your toes that I'm going to have a crazy theory. But okay, how does Norton know what's up with Will? That it wasn't the story Jack presented, but something more sinister. Because it's Jack. Are you sure? Norrington does not trust Jack by any means whatsoever. I know that. So why would he believe that? Will is on the Flying Dutchman, and it doesn't... Dutchman. <laughs> the Flying <Will>. Dutchman. <laughs> it's, it's this weird... It's this blonde guy in wooden shoes, because we're doing dealing in stereotypes now. Just So why would he believe Will is on the Flying Dutchman? <laughs> Will's all kicking off this guy's back. That's because of the wine you've had. (laughs) I lost my train of thought. (laughs) That's because of the wine you had. Jack wasn't a part of this. Okay, right? That's possible. I I mean, seriously, if you're looking at it, why would you think? Okay, Will's on the Flying Dutchman. Jack's got to be part of this. There's got to be a reason. It's possible. That's possible. It's not just possible. Did the crew tell him? Because he's been hanging out with the crew. That's possibly my guess. Maybe. The crew spilled the beans that Jack accidentally, or, okay, essentially, sent Will to the Dutch man. <laughs> I need to get some flowers. Really? I gotta get me some tulips. <laughs> Yet I'm sure no one mentioned that Jack did try, say, to negotiate for his return. 
Or at least a little bit. I mean, he did kind of give it a try. I mean, it wasn't like a Yoda try. Really? It's more like an Anakin try, let's say. <laughs> Not a Yoda try, because Yoda so, does. A Luke, Luke doesn't Skywalker try, he try. does. <laughs> God, you're insane today. Also, I've noticed that the fallen Commodore drops the you're a hussy slur as well, basically. Because I'm going, okay, we have two things if we step back on the first point. Okay. Either the crew kind of gave him a hint like, Jesus. Okay. Norrington uh, is finding out what's going on and realizes that, yeah, Jack may have sent Will over there. Or like you said, Norrington is just up on his game and knows there isn't anything that's happening here where Will gets trapped on the Dutchman with Davy Jones that wasn't and hadn't involved Jack somehow. Those are the two scenarios. You don't think he's thinking she's a hussy because of the conversation between Jack and her? Yeah, I know, but we were just recapping the previous thing, and now you're already back on the hussy. It's, <laughs> you it's just weird. Said you're not paying attention to the whole conversation here. That's the problem. Okay, yeah, the hussy bit. Okay, because he basically calls her that. But okay, first, first he calls out her honor a bit, and then in his line highlights the word like latest fiance, like she's had a string of right. fiancés. Because honestly, well, he's she kind of has two. Well, How's she's had Norrington. Of... Now she's on to Will. But then Jack is kind of playing okay. the game here. I guess he's thinking like if Jack's involved and you're looking at him like that. And how did you well, get those letters of Mark? Right. Norrington had this issue with Will. While we he was fiance. I'm not sure how much fiance what he was with Elizabeth. But while he was fiancé with Elizabeth, he had the problem with Will. Jesus. I, I'm using every single bit of my brain power to follow this line of thought right now. Okay. I've shut down all motor functions and my brain is solely well, focused on what you're well, telling me. While he was fiancé with Elizabeth, right? Or Norrington was yeah. fiancé with Elizabeth. She was more attracted to Will. Now she's fiancé with Will. Now she's more attracted to Jack or so it looks like. Why are you using fiancé as like a verb? I don't know. Beyonce. <laughs> Whatever. It's like that. You know what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. That makes sense. But he does have like a bitter beer face thing, right? It sounds like it does. <laughs> <laughs> really? He's like, he's, he's got sympathy for but Will at this time. You, no way. Oh, I yeah. I think he's sticking it to her. He doesn't care about Will or Jack. All he's doing right now is he's well, dreaming he about, about Jack. Of course, he Port Royal. Care about Jack. He's dreaming and wishing he was back in Port Royal. That's all. Do you think he wants to get his hands on those letters of Mark? <laughs> that sounded <laughs> such like a euphemism. I was waiting for something there. You toyed with me. I was like, "Do you think he's waiting to get his hands on?" And I was like, "Dot dot dot." I was. My mind almost exploded. Maybe your not mind needs to get out of the gutter. Possibly. I don't know. You can answer my question then? I forgot your question. I was thinking of <laughs> something trying, else now. Is he trying to get his hands on the letters of Mark? So he, he can You should see the look. I wish you could all see the look I'm getting across the table here. <laughs> he wants so both hands on those letters of Mark, yes. Become Commodore again or something That's of, exactly. That's what we've been title. talking about. We've been talking about how Norrington is trying to get 
back to where he was, that status. So sure, that's why he's listening into this conversation. It's this whole plan that he's put into place. So it's but to not- answer your question, yes. And because you may not have heard, he does want both hands on that letter of mark, by the way. So it's not Elizabeth that he wants anymore. It's more of the title. I think that he doesn't necessarily. Elizabeth bruised his ego and now he's sticking it to her. But what he wants is to get back onto that trajectory where he is Commodore and he could have a woman like Elizabeth. Mm. But not Elizabeth. In that era. Elizabeth is too pirate now for him. I don't know. I don't know if he's given her up yet. Or not. Let's just say that. I'm going to put a pin in that one. You put a pin in that one. Just so I can come back and revisit it later. Put a sword in it. Now she has three people fighting over her. No. How dare you go there? You're spoiling things. That's something a listener brought up. And that's something we'll get to when we're stranded somewhere. So hold your tongue on that. But I like the transition from Norrington back to Elizabeth in this whole thing, too. Because she whips out the compass... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't say he whips out the compass. I said she does. And she's all concerned about what's up with Will, okay? This comes on the heels of Norrington all but like naming names, though. Because he doesn't say Jack. Jack Sparrow is the culprit that imprisoned her blacksmith, that kind of thing, right? And the creative moment is when he calls out Jack. She uses the compass, which points to Jack. Okay. I had a question on that compass thing. I had a little visual... Issues here. Okay. I watched this minute ten times. Why are you out of breath? <laughs> Jesus. Right up the stairs. Anyway. <laughs> this is what I she does while we're on a podcast. She does chores. <laughs> She's doing dishes, going up and down the stairs. Comes back. winded. I had to get the dogs because they were barking. But anyway, that doesn't matter with this thing. I, I watched this like ten times. And I was trying to figure out... The position of the compass where it was pointing and the position where Jack was using a spyglass. And if they were in the same position or if they were in separate positions. Okay. Did you Do you know which way they're going? Were they pointing in the same direction? Or were they in de- different directions? So was the compass pointing towards the chest... Or was a compass pointing towards Jack? It was pointing towards Jack, from what I gather. Okay. But I didn't that's really... that's when ans- she became, after that point in time, that's when she became, like, depressed almost. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Because that's what I was saying. Okay? Now, let's step back so you can follow this. <laughs> I'm not because sure I can follow cre- anything. That's true, because of the, your drunkenness. But there's this creative moment in this transition. Remember I was saying how... Norrington all but names Jack. He almost names names right. of who put Will on the Dutchman. Right. That's when Elizabeth then basically takes out the compass and it's kind of doing its thing. And then it stops. And that's like at the point where it almost it's like points to Jack. So Norrington saying that without naming names, the compass is the one that points to Jack and basically names Jack. For Norrington. Names it for Elizabeth. Because this whole time, there's been some doubt. And more than usual, it kind of now enters her mind that, okay, am I going after, do I really want Jack now? Or do I want Will and the compass? That, Mm. or the chest. That's what is why her face goes like that. Because now she's torn. Like Jack's been. She's like distrusting herself. Spreading that doubt. The same doubt Will felt back in Port Royal's jail. 
So at this point in time, does she still trust Jack? I think she does, kind of. Because she says she does trust him in the minute. Right. But, but she's, after I think that Norrington, she's doubting it. I, I think that there's definitely some doubt. There's doubt on her part. There's doubt on Jack. But you can't deny her feelings. She can't deny her feelings for this. You know? That's yeah. the problem. So there's misdirection. There's like misdirected feelings. All playing into the idea of this tragic love idea. Not knowing what one wants. Jack doesn't know what he wants. Elizabeth doesn't know what she wants. Will doesn't know what Elizabeth really wants. So all of Will this. Will know all... what he wants though. <laughs> what kind of English is that? Well, <laughs> that's a caveman talk. Of course. That's pirate speak. That's Gibbs. <laughs> oh, co- yeah. Will does know what he wants. on the end. knows what he wants. There you go. Does but, Norrington know what he wants? Yeah. He wants to be back in the Important favor of the British again. government and the military, all that. But basically, Norrington succeeds in giving her doubt is the essential breakdown element Right. Here. It's like that Seinfeld episode. And yes, gratuitous Seinfeld reference. And we need like a Seinfeld or an Andy Griffith. The ones that the office, the ones that we normally reference, we should have that on our soundboard. So we can then good, play good like idea. a quick mellow theme throughout that. But anyways, it's that one where... It's the breakups. I think it's called bad breakups or whatever it is. But Elaine's boyfriend has this history of bad breakups by simply pulling a Norrington. Putting a seed in someone's mind that grows and drives the target crazy, right? Yeah. He tells Elaine that she has a big head. <laughs> she dismisses it, kind of laughs it off. But as the day goes by, she dwells on it until, like, coincidences start to play into her self-consciousness. Well, like course. when that pigeon hits her head. It's like she's like, I'm a walking candy apple. I'm a walking candy apple. And that's a phrase I still use to this day, all these years that later. That is. Use that all the time. But Elizabeth is the walking candy apple in Pirates of the Caribbean. Not that she has like a big head, but she allows Norrington to sidle, another Seinfeld reference, boom, right there, <laughs> right into her head. Takes her eye off the prize. Now she's just disgusted that her feelings are betraying her. Betraying Will. Betraying herself. And her feelings betray you, young Skywalker. <laughs> But speaking of the kicking Will Turner prize thing here, because, yeah, I mean, he's safe and sound on a ship. Since we're going to just, I just blasted right through any transition. And I'm just, since we talked about Will, I'm just jumping right over to the <laughs> ship that maybe we're supposed to know. I don't know if we're supposed to actually know it. some reason, I pictured a flying ship, like no flying Star ships. Wars type, not I'm not going to reveal the ship because it kind of comes up in the next minute. But okay. we may know... I don't know if we're supposed to recognize it or not. Okay. But speaking of uh, this whole like transition then, it's like thanks to some mysterious dude giving us like a Will Turner news update because he was like found in a longboat on the open ocean, which, hey, mysterious dude, how dare you try to steal Gibbs' exposition <laughs> job? That's Gibbs' job. Don't steal it. But I don't really have much to say about Will right now. I mean, I could state the obvious thing. Like, uh, you know, thank the Aztec gods he's safe. But we're not here to rehash the minute, analyze, and scrutinize is what we're here to do, remember? Yes. But I'll continue to point out every damn time we get a quality sailing shot because, man, a good tall ship on the high seas, I just love it. It's pretty awesome, right? It they is. did a great job with the... If the movie was like five minutes of actual dialogue <laughs> and all of it all was good. just sailing, <laughs> I'd probably be okay with it. I'd be like, you know what? This is a really great movie. Not a lot of dialogue, 
but this cinematography is excellent. You're all good with that. Yeah, I really That's do love the, that. You like the documentary so well. I do. If the so underwater much. shots on Pirates of the Caribbean franchise weren't so good, I might drool over the sailing scenes more. More than I already do. <laughs> that wedding dress, though. What wedding dress? The wedding dress. Or the wedding dress coming down. Or the dress. It's not a wedding dress. The dress coming down in the water. Oh. In the first movie. Yeah. It's just the. Yeah, that has some really. The coloring and all that. Wonderful shot. That it it's is. It's hard to beat. It is. Very hard to beat. So that's basically all I got today. Twas a good minute, if I were to speak like Heather. <laughs> Sometimes we're sailing through minutes, just hoping we can get through it. Then others, we get all kinds of good stuff to analyze. Yeah. It's like history is absent, though. But I'm sure it'll yeah. rear its ugly head again. I'm sure it will. So today is like more self-reflection than anything else. Like self-satisfaction and a bit of uh, glory days. So thanks to Norrington, we can uh, round out this minute. Yep. Or maybe what could have been days for Norrington. Not glory days. Well, maybe glory days. What could have been days in the future past or whatever. You be the judge. I don't know. Okay. Nobody could follow that. Do you have anything else? Nope. That's it for me. Are you sure? I think so. Because we'll be back on Monday with Minute 94 Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. I really do dig our outro music. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips. And by all means, give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bildrats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.